Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McCain. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. Uh, we have in this series, and I, you know, for you guys that have been able to tune in with us, um, this series has been magnificent because our goal was to redig the places of our heart to believe again that he is the God of miracles and that as his sons and daughters to reconnect with the fact that God is not limited with anything and that he can do all things, right? He can do anything in our life. And so he loves to give us all that he has access to, which is everything. And that you and I can walk in the supernatural with our father and that we can see the supernatural in a daily uh, relationship with him. In fact, Mark chapter 16 says, and these signs shall follow those who believe. How many believe? Say me. Come on. And so these, you're supposed to have signs and wonders happening in your life. And we've had so many testimonies from, from cancer that's gone into remission uh, to, to babies that were, were called dead in the womb that have come back to life. To even this past week, Pastor Sean, he voiced texted me just uh, two days ago and he, you could hear it in his voice oh dear Jesus and I was like what is he talking about he was on his way home on the interstate and had you know we had a little bit of rain the other day I think that was Friday or whatever and uh, and one of the cars that were beside him or kind of a little bit in front of him started losing control went this way this way at 80 miles an hour spinning this way and all of a sudden spinning is about to hit him and he says I don't even know how it happened but the car next to me came flying up and hit it first. And I somehow just barely escaped. I pulled over because I thought they hit me and I thought I was dead, but I was still alive, not a scratch on my car. Come on, the God of miracles. The God of miracles. I'm telling you that right now. Our key scripture for this whole series has been in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. You say, yeah, you say that every week, right? I'm gonna keep saying it until you get it. And it says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, say it with me, all things are possible. And so we've been studying how the supernatural God engages with us. He speaks to us in dreams. That's pretty cool. That's pretty supernatural. How he speaks to us through his words and guides us and directs us and gives us direction when other people don't have direction. And today, I think you're going to enjoy this encouragement to you. And that is how God loves to give us good gifts. Come on, somebody. Would you say good gifts with me? Could turn that person next to you and say good gifts. Turn with me to the book of James chapter one. I'm gonna go through the Bible a little bit today. Is that okay to do that in church? Would you be all right looking at his holy word? As I have grown older over these last few months because they have, they have aged me greatly. I don't know if they've aged you, but I tell you, it's been an intense time on the earth. But one of the things that I'm recognizing is how many Christians do not have a biblical worldview. In other words, they don't see the world through the Bible. And so they don't make their decisions based on what the Bible says. And so it is critical for me to help start you. And we're going to study the God of miracles, the supernatural God. You need to understand a biblical worldview in that he loves to give you good gifts. Okay. Now I want you to turn in James chapter one, verse 17. Did you find that yet? Say yes. If you're still looking, say I'm looking. So, okay, good. She's so fast. That digital Bible is rocking for you. All right, James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Every good and perfect gift is from above. If you read that passage all the way through, you'll see at the beginning of that, 
James is talking about how the believer at the time was making excuses and saying that God has tempted me in this. I, I can't help it. God created this in my life to where I'm easily tempted in that. And, and he's correcting. He says, God cannot tempt you. God does not tempt and God will not tempt you. In fact, he says, God gives you every good and perfect gift comes down from him. So all the temptation, and what he's literally saying to them is, God's gifts are so good, why are you being tempted by the wickedness of this world? The thing that you think you enjoy so much, the perversion, the addictions to this, that, or the other, God's got gifts that are so much better than that, why do you even need that? If I'm, Of course, I'm paraphrasing greatly, but that is the concept here in the passage. God loves to give good gifts to his sons and daughters. If you're a son or daughter, say me. Come on, if you're a son or daughter, say me. So can I take you through just a few scriptures to prove to you how much he loves to give you good gifts? Say yes, please. Thank you very much. Psalms 84 and 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows on favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Everybody say no good thing. Say no good thing. No good thing does he withhold. Now you may be that type of parent say I'm going to take it from I don't even want them to enjoy life. I'm going to take everything good from my kids. I'm going to starve them. I'm going to keep them in locked up in their bedroom. That may be the kind of parent you are. You're not. Okay. That's a good place to laugh because you would never do that. But he says, no good thing will I withhold. Now, some of you have this concept that when you're bad, that God withholds good things from, from you. That is a foolish concept because you still are working on a merit system. I keep saying it every week. You think that if I do five good things and he'll give me five good things, if I do five bad things then he's got to give me five bad things or he withholds his goodness from me. And maybe you had a parent that did not know how to extend love and mercy and grace whenever you were disobedient as a child. But the heavenly father is not hindered by our humanity. He actually can give you good things even though you're acting a fool. Come on, somebody. Why? Because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he judges rightly and righteously. And he cares for those whose walk is blameless. No good thing to those whose walk is blameless. He's not talking about those who never make a mistake. He's talking about those whose walk is blameless. He's talking about those who commit committed to him relationally. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but I don't live in sin. I'm not committed to sin. I'm not going out and trying to sin. Though I sin weekly, I'm sure I do something that is against his nature. I am his and he is mine. Are you there? Say yes. So he doesn't withhold good things from you because you made a mistake Friday or because you sin. He doesn't withhold good things from you because you don't have it all right together yet. In fact, he calls you blameless in the fact that you have surrendered yourself to Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Jesus covers you all over every bit of sin in your life. And when the Father sees you, he doesn't see all your sin. He sees the grace and mercy of the blood of Jesus that has been bestowed upon you. And he says, oh, that's mine because they've submitted to Jesus. That's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter because they've been marked by heaven as when they surrender to the living God and said, I'm yours, Jesus. I belong to you. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Everybody say no good thing. Now, All throughout this message, I'm going to help you see it in practical ways in everyday life. Uh, Some of you guys know that uh, my favorite people on the planet is my mom and dad, Mimi and Papa, as we call them. Can you give them a hand even online? My mom and dad are amazing. My mom and dad were missionaries for years. They sold everything, went to the field. I mean, just laid it all down, constantly lay it all down. If you know them, they're constantly giving, giving, giving. Well, uh, my dad was healed from rheumatoid arthritis right after he became a Christian. God literally healed him of rheumatoid arthritis. But as he's aged and, and only got like a fine wine pop, better looking and better looking. But as he's aged, he's had knee surgeries and things like that. Well, this last knee that didn't get a surgery, didn't have a replacement, has bothered him and bothered him for years. 
the last two or three years. And finally, a doctor said, you know what you need? You need a hot tub. And literally gave him a, a prescription for a hot tub that he has to soak that hot tub. Excuse me, has to soak that knee in the hot tub. And so Mimi was like, you got to be kidding me, all right? So they got a hot tub, all right? And they got a special deal. It was magnificent. So you go to their little house, you know, their little piece of property is not very big and it's not very, you know, grandiose. They've been missionaries. And so, but they got this nice hot tub in the back. Well, not but a couple months ago when we had one of these lightning storms, their hot tub was a year and a half old, got hit by lightning, fried their hot tub. Pop was so upset. He's like, he started walking around. My knee is killing me because I can't get in the hot tub. I was like, dad, come help me get that. I can't. My knee is all locked up because we can't get in the hot tub. I said, well, golly. And so they checked with it and insurance came out and they sent a little guy to, to look at it. And the guy looked at it and he says, oh, Mr. McCain, this whole thing is fried. We're going to have to replace the whole thing, and we're going to give you the full amount, not for what you paid for it, but what it would cost to replace it right now. Come on, somebody. Everybody say good thing, good gifts, good gifts. And so Pop was so excited, man, and he went out, and he was going to get the best one that he could get, man, with the money that they gave him. And then the one he wanted was about $1,000 more than, the, than, the, than what their check was for. And, and Mimi's like, you can't buy that. We can't have that kind of money. What is wrong with you? And then all of a sudden, a check comes in the mail from an accident that had happened years ago, and the lawyer, the law firm said, we overcharged you 10 years ago. Here's $1,000 that we forgot to give you. Everybody say, good gifts. Everybody say, good gifts. But the story doesn't stop there. No, it doesn't. Because their son came over, being the kind of guy he is, and said, wait a minute. So what are you going to do with this one that's all burned up? And they said, well, we're just going to chunk it. I said, are you sure it's completely burned up, their son said? And they said, well, we don't know, but that's what the guy said. So the son says, let me call a friend. So a friend came over and found out that it was just the master board, that all the other stuff was still in good working repair, good working order. So the son got online with a friend and found a master board for $500, replaced the master board, and now the son has a hot tub that he only spent a few no good thing will he withhold from those whose walk is uprightly everybody say good gifts turn to the person next to you and say he's going to get you some good gifts how about Psalms 85 85 and 12 the Lord will indeed give what is good Come on, say with me. The Lord will indeed give what is good. And your land, excuse me, our land will yield its harvest. Do you know what he's telling you? He's telling you that whatever you're involved in, your land, whatever you're working in, your home, whether uh, the business that you, it will yield a harvest. No good thing will he keep from you. He will cause what you're working on to have some good things. It'll start growing some things. It'll start birthing some things. It'll start blooming. You say, how is it going to bloom in the midst of a pandemic? How is it going to bloom when everybody's talking about an economic downturn? Everybody's talking about a a market crash. Let me tell you something. For the believer, for those who serve him, he will cause you to have produce. He will have, cause you to have growth when everything else is dead. Why? Because he will not hold the good thing from his sons and daughters. Are you there? Say yes. In fact, I've got some friends in this church. They're amazing leaders, and and uh, they have uh, they're an African American couple, and they have a beautiful family. And in fact, they have a number of kids, which many times they get criticized for having a lot of kids um, because they believe that God says in the Word that children are a blessing from the Lord. And so, even culturally, they've had to they've had to take it on the chin a little bit from people who say, "Why oh, you got so many kids?" Well, their heart is to always foster kids. They 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 they're wanting to move into fostering kids that no one else 
else wants. African-American teenagers that nobody wants to deal with. Uh, those who've been in trouble with things like that, they want to foster them. Well, the problem was they had a little smaller home and they were renting it and they could not get, you know, they could not get, you know, the kind of money for a home that would be large enough. Well, down the road from them, just not even a mile from where they had been living, this house came available and they started looking at it. And boy, this guy came in, he bought it and his plan was to flip it. He took this big, you know, 3,800 square foot house and started remodeling, putting brand new countertops, new flooring, tile everywhere. And so they got excited and they said, you know what? We're going to go make him an offer. And they went and offered him something. He said, I would never sell it at that price. That's too low. No way I wouldn't do it. And so they said, well, we'd like you to consider. Months went by. He had a couple people try to buy it. It fell through and they reached out to him again and went even lower this time. And this time he was so frustrated that he said, yes. Then they went, well, how are we going to finance it? We don't have the money to finance thing. And they made a couple calls to some family members who said, you know what? That's the Lord. We want to help you with that. They got that brand new, beautiful home. No good gift will he withhold from those who love him, whose walk is a, talk about a good gift. I walked in their house the other day. I was helping them move and I just went, I'm so happy to have rich friends. Look at this right here. And they're like, pastor, you know, we ain't got no money. I was like, yes, you do. Look at this guy. And I told them, I said, your favorite of the Lord. They're like, okay, maybe. I don't know if we can believe that. And they were trying to be humble about it. I was like, no, you are God's favorite. Believe it, settle it. He loves to give good gifts to his sons and daughters. Are you there? Say yes. How about Psalms 107.9? For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. He satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Do you know what the problem is? Is that you and I never hunger because we're fat Americans. We are, and we take that into our relationship with the Lord, and we never have need, we never ask, we never, because why? Because we can go buy it ourselves. We can go get it ourselves, because we live in one of the most prosperous uh, lands in the world, in the history of humanity, where we got so many people that are prosperous, and, and just the, the place that we live in is so magnificent in the era in which we live. It's phenomenal, and, uh, and, and, and so we don't even think that we need to ask for something or good things, or we don't even expect it, but the Lord wants to bless you. He wants to favor you. He wants to give you good gifts. He says he fills the hungry with good things. Now, our pastoral staff, um, they, they are on staff as a sacrifice of praise. They come on staff to serve you, and they get paid about 40% less than what their position would, would give them somewhere else in any type of other business. But in ministry, we lay our lives down so that we can uh, do more with what tithes and offerings that you guys give in. We try to do as much as we can with it, which means we take a little lower pay than what would happen in normal business. But at, in doing that, as the, as the pastor, as the leader, the lead pastor, it hurts my heart sometimes that our staff don't have things, that they drive old beat up cars, that they, that they can't go on nice vacations and, uh, and they just don't have those type of income sources. And, and so I'm always praying for them. Well, our pastor, Jonathan Pena and Myrna, who pastor our Mansfield campus, pastor Jonathan grew up hunting. He loves to hunt. His dad loves to hunt. In fact, it's what they bonded over. And so Pastor Jonathan always, always, always wants to get to go hunting. He's got all the gear left over from before he was a pastor, and he just doesn't get to go because it's expensive to hunt. In fact, it's really difficult to find a place where people will let you hunt their property. In fact, to get on a lease, many times people have been on the same hunting lease for years, and they don't have any space to let anybody in. And if they do let someone in, it'll cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. 
I started praying for Pastor Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan started wanting to go hunting again. He had this thing inside of him. He just was hungry to go hunting again. He just, it's where he hears from the Lord. He gets out there by himself with the Lord and he murders little animals and that does something for him. I don't know. Whatever. And so, and Bambi cries and so there it is, you know. Uh, exactly, right? I'm setting him up. <laughs> a couple months ago, a man started attending our Mansfield campus. Pastor John started engaging with him. He was a new member to the church. And that man said, hey, you know what? I just got a hold of some property. It's thousands of acres. And I was thinking about uh, hunting on it. Would you guys be interested in coming and hunting on it? Pastor Jonathan called me, you're not going to believe what's happening. Pray. So I started praying, oh, Heavenly Father, would you bless Pastor Jonathan with a good gift? That gentleman got Pastor Jonathan his, and his dad out there, and they've been working that land and setting up deer stands and so forth. They're going to get to hunt that land free of charge with a brand new member of the church. Good things, good gifts, good gifts. God wants to give you good gifts. Pastor Jonathan can't finance that. He's a minister. But God can finance anything. He's got a desire to bless you with good gifts. Are you still there? Say yes. Come on, I'm going to keep teaching you until you get it. Here's, how about this one? How about this next one in Psalms 103 and 5? It says, who satisfies your desires with good things. Everybody say good things. Come on, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know what he's telling us? He's saying, listen, I want to give you good gifts so you start acting like a kid again. I want to give you good gifts so you start, sorry, this is great. This is awesome. On that same note, Pastor uh, Lance Byler and Erica, Erica is our missions director and Pastor Lance, our worship uh, pastor. Well, listen, again, both these guys in ministry, they don't have a lot of money, but Erica started on the side. She started trying to do like a little bit of um, uh, where, you, uh, where you work with helping people do vacation. Uh, what is it? Travel agency. So she just started doing this little online travel agency thing. And, and so she uh, became aware of the good deals. And, and, uh, and she's able to help some of the folks in the church get some little good deals and that kind of stuff. And, well, in, in December last year, they contacted me and said, Pastor Adam, I know that I know that we should not be asking to do this. Uh, we know that we only get two weeks of vacation. But there's an opportunity in three weeks from now, in the month of January, for us to go to Hawaii for two weeks on a cruise, uh, leave out of wherever, port of whoever, Colorado, no, uh, Houston or whatever, and, uh, and, 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 and you can go for two weeks to Hawaii, and, and it's the craziest deal. Uh, it won't even hardly cost us but a few hundred dollars because of her connection with her travel agency kind of thing, and, and it's, but it's going to be our entire two weeks of vacation. Would you be okay with us doing it? I said, let me tell you something. You get on that boat and you go have fun. Why? Because these are good gifts from the Father and we don't turn them down when the moment comes. And they said, okay. They went for two. I've never even taken my family to Hawaii. Just saying all the business people out there, if you want to. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. And so, but what a miracle and what a blessing. He loves to give good gifts. Here's this couple that got to be away from their kids for two weeks on a boat and go to Hawaii. I mean, what a miracle. They don't have the kind of money to do that. But our Father who loves us so much, loves to give us good gifts. Can I tell you, they were acting like kids for, for, for three months. They were like, we went to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii. I was like, just sit down. We're tired of hearing about you going to Hawaii. All about that. How about Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you then, 
<laughs> you're evil. You're, you got evil in you. The Father has no evil in him. If you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does the Heavenly Father want to give to his children? Those who ask. There's a couple key pieces in this verse, though. Those who ask him. This is a critical component. Most of us never ask. In fact, I want you to pull out your phone right now online. Pull out your phone. Wait, you're using your phone online. but Pull out your phone. Open your notes pad on your phone or wherever you like to keep notes. And right now, come on, just from the spur of your heart, I want you to ask the Lord for a good gift. What's a good gift that he could give you in the next year, 12 months, two years, something? Now, now I know some of you are like, I need a husband right now. All right, well, write it in. I don't care. Praise him. But I want you to have something that you know that you're asking. Because why? Because we have not because we ask not. And we studied that a couple weeks ago. And if you ask, you will receive. And you say, well, I just really struggled to believe that. That's right. That's why I'm doing this series for like 12 weeks. Because I'm trying to till that ground of getting faith back stern in you that he loves you, that you're his son or daughter, that he doesn't love you because you're good, bad, or ugly. He loves you because you're his. He loves you and he wants to have you act like a kid again. He wants to get excitement going on you in you again. Why? Because when I, when I, when I receive a good gift, it makes me real, remember that he's the daddy and I'm not the daddy. Come on, you real, are you with me? Makes me understand that he's got all things in control and all I have to do is surrender and trust him as my father. Come on, you getting that out? Did you write something in? All right, now let me just explain to you. When you ask, he loves to give. Now, the Bible qualifies about asking sometimes if we ask with impure motives so we can spend it all on ourselves. And he's, and he's doing all those kind of teachings so that we don't become spoiled. Uh, what was that kid who uh, he got off from doing something uh, terrible? He killed some people in a car accident because he was, he was so, uh, so rich. What did they call it? They, uh, they gave it a term or something. Anybody remember what it was? Well, a, a fluenza? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Like, he just needs a butt whipping. But, but God loves to bless you, but at the same time, obviously, he don't want you to become full of affluenza or whatever the term is, right? Now, with that being said, you know the joy that you experience when your kids receive a gift from you that, you think is, that they think is so cool. In fact, I grabbed a couple video footages just to remind you. Okay, this is for you, okay? Open it, open it, open it. What is it? Open it! Wow! I got a flashlight! I did a what? <laughs> it's an avocado! I'm expecting that from all of you. Oh, I got an avocado. Thank you, Jesus. Gave that kid an avocado. Shame on that parent. Shame on that parent. Poor kid that never saw a banana. All right, let me give you a couple big truths in this whole thing. Write these down. A couple big truths from this message. First and foremost, you and I need to believe for good gifts. You need to start believing again for good gifts. Why? Because he loves to give you good gifts. Write that down. I want you to start believing for good gifts. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That he rewards those. See, when we live a life of love and dedication to God, it so pleases him that he just can't help but have these gifts spill over. These good gifts just spill over in our life. Let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus today? Say yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Come on, do you love Jesus? Say yes. Do you believe he loves you? Say yes. Do you believe that he's a good God? Then why would he not want to give you good gifts? If you're his son, you're his daughter, you love him and he loves you, why would he not? I mean, you do that with your spouse, with your friends, with the people, that, and you love the excitement that comes from them. Believe again for good gifts. I know some of you have gotten sideways with that maybe in the past. Maybe some, some negativity has transpired and all you did was make Jesus your Santa Claus and you just wanted a wish list. But I think we're past that now. I think most of you love God. You serve him daily. This ain't about, you know, give me something or I'm not going to serve you. But now as believers, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, I want you to believe again. Believe again for good gifts. Are you there? Say yes. Yeah. Come on, are you there? Say yes. Yeah. Uh, a couple years back, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, I want you to... I want you to write a book. And I said, awesome, I would love to write a book. And, uh, and so I put a book together and I had someone help me. And by the time I didn't really oversee the project real well, and by the time it was finished, it just, it lost my voice. And, and I didn't know if it was my fault. Um, I know I'm a really decent uh, public communicator, but writing is a whole nother beast. Like you may sound really good in conversation, but when you write, you may really suck. And, and, and I just, and I wasn't sure if that, if I, if I just wasn't any good at writing. Um, and, and, but when I read it, it was really professional sounding, but didn't sound like me. And so I just didn't like it. And so I didn't, I didn't put it out there. So I just, I, I struggled. Then, then I got super insecure. Maybe I'm just not a good writer. Maybe I don't have anything to say. Maybe I miss the Lord. And so that kind of held on for a couple years. And, and I just didn't, I just, I kept feeling the Lord push me on it. And I was like, no. And, and so, so then I started praying. I said, Lord, if you want to give me a gift of this, you're going to have to help me because I do not have the wherewithal. I don't have the confidence. I don't have the fortitude to make this happen. Well, unbeknownst to me, God was planning a good gift to me. In fact, he sent me a friend. Man came and joined our church a few, uh, a few months back, and, and, uh, and he and I were talking, and, and we began talking about what he was going through. And the moment he said what he was going through, I said, obscurity. He goes, I'm sorry. I said, you're in obscurity. I said, that's not a bad thing. And I began to tell him about how all throughout Scripture, we see all the characters in the Bible, all the men and women of God, they go through obscurity. So God uses them at a great moment, a great time, and then all of a sudden you'll see them, they'll go down into obscurity. Nobody knows them anymore. Nobody's caring about them. And all of a sudden he'll bring it back around. And it's a cycle of obscurity. And actually it's, it's God's favor to take you out of the limelight so he can deepen you and then bring you back in the limelight. And then take you out of the limelight, deepen you, secure you, and then bring you back in. And, uh, and so I, I just told him, I said, you're in a season of obscurity. It's actually beautiful. I said, I know what it's like. It, it, it's not fun, um, but it's beautiful. And, uh, and he goes, you got to be kidding me. And so a couple of weeks later, he contacts me. He says, would you like to co-write a book with me about obscurity? Yes. I said, that's my vision. Oh. You're going to take my co-write a book? And the Lord spoke to me. and said, I'm trying to give you a gift, stupid. I was like, hey. I was like well, yes, I would. I would like to do that. Because at the time I was learning this man is a professional writer. In fact, his wife has had over 30-something, 40-something books on the New York Times bestseller list. And so I would write something, and in the past, I would turn it in, and the person who was helping me would say, mm, you need to fix this, he fixes. I would turn it in to him, and he'd go, that's amazing. I was like, it is? He said, it's amazing. I was like, I'm going to write some more. And he's like, good job, Pastor Adam. I'm like, okay. I'm going to do We just finished our book. It's called Favored, Not Forgotten. Come on, somebody. It's magnificent. And, uh, and people are looking at it, and they're, and they're giving me great response. And it was, this man is, was a gift. He was God's gift to me. Because I, want, I knew God wanted me to do it, and I wanted to do it, but I couldn't get there by myself. The gifts of God may not be a new car or a vacation. In fact, the gift of God may be that child sitting next to you. 
that, the, the gift of God may be the fact that there's a new employee at work that you're feeling a little intimidated of, but actually it's a gift from God because they'll, they'll, they'll make all the mistakes and all the attention will be on them, and so you'll be okay to not get in trouble. You just never know. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to believe for good gifts. Here's the second thing that is, and I want you to become a conduit of good gifts. I want you to become a conduit of good gifts. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11. So 9-11. 2 Corinthians 9-11. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous to, on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Paul is t- talking with the Corinthians and he's saying, listen, thank you for sending money so that we could help the poor and the needy in these other outlining areas. Corinthians was a affluent city. Thank you for being generous. And he says to them, because your generosity, you are being a conduit. God is using you, and it's going to bring thanksgiving. People are going to just be wowed all over the place and grateful to God, but yet you are the conduit through which it came. Each and every one of us have the ability to be a conduit. Sitting in our service today, is a sweet lady named Miss Helen. She's one of the loves of my life. I love this woman. She's the first one to get here, and she's always serving. She's so sweet. Now, Miss Helen is a senior, and she lives on a fixed income. I would imagine that most of her income comes from her Social Security check, which is not a lot of money, and she's a widow lady. She's a single lady as, and lives, you know, uh, very frugal. Well, the moment this pandemic hit, did, do you know what Miss Helen did? She started sewing masks, and she started giving them away to people in this church. First off, because she was tired of you potentially making her sick, so she put a mask on your face. Just kidding. <laughs> That's not true, Miss Ellen. But she just started giving them away, and people started giving her $5 here and there to help her get more material, to give more away. Listen, the heart of a giver, as she began to give, she became a conduit to bless others. So you, how, how many tools, how many of the same tool do you need in your garage, bro? There's somebody that you can give one of those away to that's going to bless them. They're going to be like, Wow! How much stuff is sitting in your pantry, in your cabinet, you'll never use? How many sets of shoes that are black do you need? You can be a conduit. And can I just tell you, it's almost like those of you that are a little older are always talking about, you know, your bowel movements. And so, but you got to free it up so more stuff can flow. I just want to bring that out. If you, if you hand it off to somebody else that it could bless, guess what will happen to you? You'll be able to get blessed more. I, I, I just, it's a biblical principle of being a conduit. And I want you to start becoming a conduit. I want you to look around your house, your place, and say, do I really need that? I do this with my, with my family all the time. Once or twice a year, I said, okay, go in there. If you haven't touched it in a year, it's got to go. If you hadn't touched it in a year, it's got to go. But my grandmother gave me this. But your grandmother's in heaven saying, get rid of it. It's in the way. Pass it on. Let it be a blessing to someone. You want to see that smile on somebody's face that says, you know what? I really needed this. Thank you. Be a conduit because as you're a conduit, someone else can be a conduit to you. Are you there? Say yes. Come on. Are you there? Say yes. My, my friend, Pastor Tony, who's sitting here on the front row, Pastor Tony loves to fish. He loves it. In fact, if you're in his small groups, you know, he and uh, Amy, they oversee a whole network of small groups. If you're in his small group downline, you have gone fishing with him because he would rather fish with you than pray with you. No, he would rather, no, seriously, he would rather fish with you so he can pray with you. He loves to fish and he always, he always uses his avenues to bless others. He always does it. Well, you know what? He's been frustrated the last two years because he can't fish these big, uh, these big lakes because he doesn't have a boat because Amy made him get rid of everything so that they could have a house. 
And so, and so he doesn't have, I'm just kidding. And so he doesn't have a boat. But a friend of his that he used to fish with in Oklahoma a couple weeks ago said, you know, Tony, that boat that we always used to fish with, it's just sitting there. I'm never using it. It's just sitting there. It's going to go back. Would you be interested in purchasing? And Tony said, well, it depends on how much it was. He said, well, what about this number? Tony's like, you're trying to give it away to me? What's the deal? That number is so low. And he said, yeah, I would love to do that. Tony got a boat. Well, there's another man in our church. Come on, good gifts, conduits. There's another man in our church who fixes boats, who works on uh, aquatic vehicles. And, and so you know what? Tony went to him. He said, would you just look this over? He said, I would love to do that for him. Looked the whole thing over, replaced a couple little parts, didn't charge him a dime. Tony has a boat. So if you haven't been fishing in a while, Pastor Tony wants to take you fishing. No, the point being is that it's a good gift. Everybody say good gifts. He's so excited about his boat. He goes, I got my boat. He told me, I got my boat. When are we going fishing, Pastor? I got my boat. I was like, I don't know, but you got a boat. Yes. He is the God who loves to give good gifts. Can I tell you, the one, minute, the one brother was a conduit for Pastor Tony. The other brother, a conduit to bless him and give him a good gift. He's a conduit to help others. you got to start thinking like this because if you'll think like this, then no good thing will he be able to withhold from you because you are his son and his daughter. Are you there? Say yes. Here's the last thing I want you to learn through this whole thing, and that is value the good gifts that he's already given you. This is a mistake for many of us. Value the good gifts he's given you. You already have some good gifts. That person sitting next to you is a good gift. You may be frustrated at times with each other, but that person sitting next to you is a good gift. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I am frustrated when I try to give someone something and they don't show any gratitude for it. Do you know, sometimes we can disrespect devalue that beautiful gift that was given to us because it was given to us years ago, so long ago. None of us like a child that just opens all the presents, look at them and throw them to the side looking for the next big one. We all want to teach them a better heart of gratitude. God wants us to keep that heart of gratitude because it's in that heart of gratitude that he's able to show more favor towards us. Years ago, we didn't have a church facility, a building to meet in. And I was crying out to the Lord. We were not growing. You wouldn't come and meet with us because we didn't have a building. You didn't like us. And so I began crying out to the Lord. We tried to buy buildings. We tried to rent buildings. We tried to steal buildings. We couldn't get a building. Just couldn't get one. And then supernaturally, I get a phone call from the church that was meeting in this facility. They were going to merge with another church, and this facility was available. It was the greatest God gift that I had ever received at that point. The value on it far outweighed what it would cost us. Just to be able to meet, to have a place called home, to have a place that we could call Church on the Hill. Just to be able to say, thank you, we can meet here anytime we need to instead of asking to rent somebody else's facility. That we could hang the pictures on the wall that we wanted to hang. Come on, you with me, you've been a renter before. To just be able to, well, we've been in this building now six years. Can I tell you something? You look around this place. I'm constantly, 
constantly fixing stuff. I'm, it's an older building. It was an old grocery store. And every now and then, I'll get a little jealous of these little young pastors who just built a five, $10 million facility, and it's all nice and got all the, all the beautiful stuff, and I'm looking at it, and I'll go preach for them or something, and Jamie's like, look at that. That's so nice. I'm like, don't tell me about it. Don't tell me about it. I'm so grateful for, I'm so grateful for our building. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I tell you something. I'm always picking up the trash. I'm always kicking these young guys in the booty hiney to go cut that grass properly. I'm always telling them, you're not going to leave that laying down like that. We're always redoing floors. We're always painting walls. We're always fixing up stuff. Why? Because I am so grateful for what he's given me. I am not going to forget what he did six years ago. This is a love gift from the Father. It's a good gift that changed our life, changed our world. It's beautiful to me. Yes, it's aging. Yes, it's not as cool and sexy as all the new buildings that all the other churches are building and that kind of stuff, but it's ours, and it's our gift, and I love it, and I'm grateful for it. Are you with me? That husband may not be the best one, but he's yours. That may not be the smartest kid that you have, but I tell you, it's your kid. And I'm grateful for my children. They're beautiful and magnificent and wonderful. And you know what? You may not be all the best congregation. No, you're the best congregation. I'm grateful for you. I may not be the best pastor, but I'm your pastor. Come on, somebody. And we're grateful for the gift that he has given us. Are you there today? Say yes. Number one, believe again. Believe again for good gifts. Number one. Number two, be a conduit. Let good gifts come through you to be the blessing to others. And then number three, come on now. Number three, you've already gotten some pretty good gifts. Don't forget about them. Don't throw them aside. Don't disrespect them. Be grateful for what he has given you. Would you stand with me? Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. The word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. You can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.